the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week's guest is Maiden Ariana, a trans female streamer and co-star on the popular Transvengers live Q&A show. Ariana, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. It's so nice to finally get one of the, the founding members of the Transvengers on here. As someone who has completed their trans journey and can pass in society as a woman, why is it important for you to stay public and public as a trans person and be part of the Transvengers? Um, I mean, a few reasons. For one, um, seeing people who are public when I was, you know, kind of in the closet and dealing with all of this on my own with really no help, no, um, no one to talk to about it. Of course, that's when I reached out to the internet and found, um, found people online that were just being out and showing that they were, they were able to be happy. You know, once, once I kind of reached that same point, there is that, that moment where you're, you're kind of like, okay, well, um, I have this little community that's been following me all this time and I, I don't want to just abandon them. Mm-hmm. And then there, there's the other issue too, where it literally can be life-saving for some people to see, to see someone that's been able to find their happiness, be able to, to really figure out who they are and to be able to um, just make it through. And, um, you know, again, it's, when I say make it through, it's not reaching some pinnacle of being trans. It's it's just figuring out yourself is, is kind mm-hmm. of really what it's about. And one of the articles I wrote in the past was about a particular person that reached, to me, reached out to me through Tumblr that had let me know that they literally had a suicide note written that morning. And, and I apologize if this is triggering for anyone, but they saw my Halloween post, which Halloween is my mm. anniversary date of starting HRT. So oh. it's kind of my rebirth day every year. And I had done, a, I think at the time it was a, a three-year post showing where I had been and where I had gotten to. And they they told me that literally reading that post that day is what made them decide not to go through with it. So that really hit home. You know, that's that's the, the kind of thing that cements in your brain. This is important to not just disappear, at least for me. You know, it's I don't judge anyone who decides to do that. There's a million reasons why you might want to um, for safety, for, you know, depending on where you live, your family, other other reasons. So no judgment on anyone that does not stay public and does not stay in the public eye. I mean. Have you had any of those adverse effects? Have you had people stalk you, find you, or, or you know, make threats or um, anything like that on, on either um, yourself or your family? Thankfully not, not directly. I mean, I had someone who gave me an empty threat. I knew they didn't really know where I was and all that. Um, I've, I've told this story once before, but it was, I was part of this, um, retro computing group on Facebook and a particular person mm. um, started attacking me first because I was just a woman posting <laughs> things in there and he felt like that was a bad thing for some reason and was essentially 
trying to call me out and be like, you don't know anything about this. You just want views on your Twitch channel. <laughs> and all I was doing was letting people know, hey, I'm going to actually stream today. If you want to join, you might find it interesting, blah, blah, blah. And it turned into this huge battle with this one particular person who, um, yeah, it became very threatening. And mm -hmm. uh, it was an overseas group, so it took a long time for the mods to get on and ban the person. But what came out of that and me sticking up for myself was another transgender woman who was part of the group ended up being elevated to a um, a mod or admin of the group. So that won't ever happen again in that group now. So um, even that negative experience ended up having a positive ending. So oh, that's great. It's kind of it's so funny that that they started out as being misogynist and attacking you that way, and then once mm -hmm. they realized you were trans and attacking you that way. Yeah, they found my 10-year uh, Facebook challenge post of photos, and that's the and they posted it right in the conversation. Shaming you for your truth. That's, that's yeah, wonderful. Exactly. I can't imagine that worked very well for them. Well, yeah, of course, the response for me was right away. Well, yeah, that's me. I'm proud of who I am. You know, aren't you? Are you not proud of who you are? <laughs> so. That's kind of the, the big indicator there, right? If they got to attack somebody else. So... Um, my first question, do you agree with that premise? Do you f feel that your transition is complete? There's, well, <laughs> I've gotten farther than I ever thought I would be. So, um, like initially I didn't even know that I, I was going to do GCS, um, mm -hmm. gender confirmation surgery. Um, initially was just starting HRT. I was married at the time. I, I began HRT because I just wanted to, um, essentially not being constant dysphoria, not constantly. I think anyone who's gotten to this point where you just can't anymore, where you just can't deal with the fact that you're um, transgender and closeted anymore. It's it's this moment where you need to just go out and get help and you don't even know essentially how you're going to start or who you're going to talk to. I was there and I um, thankfully was able to go to um, Howard Brown in in Chicago, and I was able to start HRT without too much difficulty. Um, I had been in, I, I had seen a therapist many years prior to that. We kind of figured out that, you know, basically I was, um, it was more than just some kind of phase, you know, <laughs> back then that's what they used to wonder and yeah. like that. And um, something fixable, right? Right. It wasn't, it wasn't something that was, um, you know, be caused by outside influences. I had all, all the questions from a traditional therapist that was like, well, did something happen to you when you were a child? You know, were you assaulted and things like that? And no, none of that ever happened to me, thankfully. Um, but, you know, that's kind of some of the old school therapy thinking on the subject and mm -hmm. had to get past all that. Yeah, I got that from my parents when I came out, you know, shortly thereafter, I had a, a heart to heart with my mom and she was really depressed and sad. She's like, I don't know what I did to cause this, basically. She's like, she thought it was something that they had done in their, their parenting. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of wandered from the question there, but I think, so you were wondering if it was, if I considered transition complete. I mean, like I said, I've gotten farther than I ever thought I would. While there might be a procedure or two in my future, just it, it it'll probably at this point have to do more with anti-aging than anything else. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at 
uh, <laughs> a few years down the road is maybe something just to help with um you know something any the same things any other woman would want to do just to kind of stay stay looking a little fresh and things like that just the vanity stuff okay <laughs> basically <laughs> i get it um, I try not to get too too much into vanity but there comes a time in every woman's life i think when you're old enough where you need a little assistance potentially mm. so. Well, and the thing is, is in transitioning, we're focused so much on the looks, like that's the whole thing. We're trying to get to this look. And, uh, you know, for those of us that transi or that transition later in life, it's like we, we can't really quite get there because by the time we our bodies get there, we're kind of old. <laughs> uh. that, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a concern. Um, and COVID and people having procedures delayed doesn't help. And it's, but yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's not one particular procedure. It's not one particular set of um, surgeries. It, it's a marathon. And mm. if you start late, then you're starting the marathon late, basically. So you transitioned, uh, I'll say later in life, I consider myself pretty late to the game. And we're, mm. I mean, I'm older than you, but not, not by a whole lot. Um, I know for myself, it took a long time for me to give in and identify myself as trans. Was that an issue for you as well? Um, I honestly had not really even considered it a possibility until my 20s. Um, I knew something was different with me, of course, um, as early as puberty. Um, and I just, over time, um, there was just a lot of shame with feeling different, period, you know? And yeah. You know, growing up in the time I grew up, yes, the internet was a thing, thankfully, after, um, after high school, but, well, actually, during high school, it was, it was a thing, but it wasn't as prominent of a thing as it is now, and um, it wasn't as helpful of a thing as it is now, um, and, you know, if searching anything along the lines of male to female back then, you would get... Well, for one thing, like on television, there would be things like, you know, the Maury Povich show and um, uh, Jerry Springer, stuff like that. Jerry Springer, especially, which, you know, on one hand, you're you're glad you're seeing people who are who are kind of going through something that you think you might be going through as well. But then they present it in such a horrible way, usually or not a very helpful way that it you, you tend to step back from that and be like, that's not me. You know, I don't want to be viewed as being a negative thing and so that kind of affects the way you process that and yeah. you suppress even more and so i in a way i envy people who are um who happen to be trans that end up seeing all the examples now of how it's not a bad thing early on um and can you know move forward and get the help they need and and start to transition younger because it's it's really important i mean if you if you really are trans then you need to be able to have the care you need and mm. and you need to be able to to know and be confident in the decision to seek that care and you know back then it was much harder to do that yeah and and that kind of goes back to the first question you're asking about um you know staying public how that that does help people because 
I try to always be po as positive as I can. I mean, there's struggles and there's difficulties and, going, you know, going through a transition is very hard. Um, all the stuff that comes with it is very hard. Dealing with family, dealing with lost relationships um, is very difficult. But, you know, being yourself and knowing yourself is very important to just being happy in life in general. So, yeah, it's kind of surprising once you get into your journey. And like you said, when when you especially when you get past hurdles that you, you didn't think that you would get to past markers, right. you know, um, just to realize that how wonderful it feels to finally be yourself. Like you just I, I lived right. with so much fear of, you know, the next step or doing any of this stuff. And then the further I go, the further I, the more I want, because the, just the better I feel. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, that's kind of the thing with, um, you know, people who are dealing with having to have surgeries delayed and things like that now with the pandemic, you know, even though, you know, hitting that next big step is maybe pushed out a little bit. There's so much going on every day. Every day that you're on HRT, it's helping. Every day that you're, um, you know, just existing as yourself is helping. And you're, you're, you're constantly moving. You're constantly, um, you know, just beco becoming you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're peeling off those layers of, of um, the suppression you put on yourself for so long for me it it always was um a thing that i that i said that it's like peeling away layers of an onion you know and inside it's like a flower <laughs> you know you're just like you're taking off all these layers that you that you felt you had to put on that you had to um take and identify with that really weren't part of you because your your parents wanted you to act that way your society wanted you to act that way your group, your friend group, you know, um, I, I grew up in a small town and it was filled with toxic masculinity and just horrible examples of how, um, how I was supposed to grow up and what I was supposed to be. And thankfully I was able to reject all of that because I needed to eventually many years later, but I never absorbed the toxic stuff anyway, because I just, I knew I was different enough where that's not me. You know, I never treated women the way some of my friends treated women. I never, yeah. So did you struggle with, with a lot of fears through your transition? Did you move um, really slow with it? Or once you realized that you were trans, did you kind of move quickly? See, the problem with, with me was I realized I was trans um, right around the time my first uh, child was on the way. And so there was this watershed moment of, um, okay, do I do something about this now? I, I had just gotten to the point with the therapist at the time and way back in 2001, um, where I was kind of coming to that conclusion that I'm probably transgender and I just, this isn't ever gonna go away. Mm -hmm. But, and, and my therapist agreed, but then my therapist actually got, uh, well contracted or had breast cancer and had to stop seeing me and then I find out two months later that she passed away it was that abrupt and that horrible and um so then I lost the only person I'd been talking to about this at all um 
and my my daughter was on the way so i the thought of starting over with getting help um with somebody new was just an insurmountable thing at the time and um i ended up again suppressing everything telling myself i just have to buck up and be the best you know father i could be to my daughter who was coming and that's what i did and that was for another 13 years i was in that state oh wow yeah (laughs) um so it you know i i know what it's like to um to have that duality and to have it all suppressed and you know kids can make you happy enough to the point where you can get by during that time but when i look back on it i still wish i would have transitioned because i would have gotten so much more out of the time with my kids and that's i look at it now as kind of lost time with Mm -hmm. them because it wasn't really me it's almost like a dream some of their early years and their early the early time with them and to me that's really um sad so um that's why i tell people once you know to your core that you're transgender you you really need to tell the people you love and um figure it out together because you can't sit there and suffer and miss out even though you're right there with your kids you can't sit there and suffer and miss out being yourself with them um Mm -hmm. you know because that's a huge mistake i'll always regret for, for myself how do you weigh presenting a positive public persona on social media and weigh that against letting people in in some of those times where it's hard and you're struggling that's a tough one um when i am struggling i'm usually pretty vague about it um i think it's enough to just say i had a really hard day or you know something i'm struggling with something very difficult i think that's enough i don't think you really have to go that into detail um if you're willing to and you think it's going to help somebody then that's great but you know i i treated for a long time tumblr when I was early in my transition was my outlet. So I wrote a lot in there about what was really going on with me and the the struggles. And over time, I've gotten a little less in the habit of going really deep. Um, But things are way better now too, though. So there's a lot less to go (laughs) into that's that deep because for the most part, I'm extremely happy. Uh, Things are going really well. I'm already a few years out from my divorce. I'm, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and we've had this awful political climate for the last, you know, several years and all these other horrible things. But on a personal level, it's constantly been going this way for me, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with your outlook over time and, you know, how you, how you deal with the world. Mm -hmm. You, You have control over how you react to things and, um, it's not a, it's not about ignoring it it's not about pretending it's not there it's more okay i can't control that but today i can control this or t- or even in the next 2 hours i can at least control and get and get this done or you know that's the way 
I try and look at things. As a prolific, a prolific poster on Instagram, um, you know, role model and style icon, it's it, from this person's perspective, it seems like there's not a lot of stuff about your your former self out there. And that kind of ties into another question that I had. Um, do, do you agree with that premise? And is that something that you're trying to move away from? And have you considered dropping trans woman from some of your public profiles? I I still usually every year post um, like a, a full before and after um, when, when I hit like my HRT anniversary um, and every now and then I still I, I do one um, trans day of visibility I think I usually do a before after um, but yeah I don't I don't do like the weekly um, throwback posts and things like that just because mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's like it's it. It honestly reflects a truly how how I live day to day. Like I don't spend a lot of time looking back, and I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that person that I used to be that was kind of struggling and and mm. diving too much into those old pictures and things like that and putting them on out there um, is almost counterproductive for me right now. Um, yeah. And I don't mean it to hide it at all. I mean, it's out there. There's actually, I have a page on HuffPost where I had some articles and those are permanently out on the internet and I'm not going to, you know, have a way to remove them and I don't care. It's fine. Um, and I have my personal website too, that I've got the full blown, it's constantly out there. Um, it's not on Instagram all the time, but, um, you know, my, my main, um, advocacy website that probably needs to be updated honestly um it's got pictures very early on up until about the second or third year of my transition and from then on it was mostly instagram anyway so i just kind of stopped dual posting because it was getting ridiculous having to post a photo here 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 and here you know and, so there's the it got to the point where I was auto posting to that website, mm -hmm. but I think there's been so many photos now that I, it actually the cache is broken, so it won't even load a certain page on that that I have to fix. So I'll get that fixed eventually, I promise. But yeah, it's not like I'm trying to hide it ever. Um, I don't tend to use the the trans woman and transgender woman hashtags on Instagram. I use transvengers, obviously. But I don't use those be kind of intentionally because um, I feel like people who use those hashtags looking for help are looking for people who are maybe even a little earlier on in their transition and her going through the same kind of things that that I had been through. And those hashtags are still out there on my Tumblr posts and some of my early Instagram posts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't go back and revise or remove anything it's all still out there so yeah no, I don't I don't intend to drop it or ever not like if I'm dating somebody or about to date somebody I always tell them even before the first date that hey I'm transgender you know I like I'm never gonna try and ghost and at least it's not my plan <laughs> <laughs> I love something that somebody said in one of our our shows recently that while you're transitioning it's 
it's a really good idea to focus on the past because we tend to focus on this ideal that we want to try and become and we set these unrealistic goals for ourselves and we just set ourselves up for disappointment where it is mm -hmm. it's a better thing while you're transitioning to focus on where you've been and how far you've come than to focus on you know where you're going that's, I, that's very true I, I mean i think a balance is important but absolutely it, it like i said i think it i think the way people post on their social media reflects where they're at at that moment you know they're they're looking back they're they really feel kind of somewhere in along this process and um it is self-therapeutic to to look back and um and share that with people and kind of get us i mean to be honest you know that people always well, people, trolls who love to say, oh, they're just looking for attention or they just want, are you, get, are you getting the attention you wanted, you know, stuff like that. Um, like that person who was attacking me on Facebook said, well, after all this, after they had attacked me so much and after other people joined in on the attack, he, he said, he said, are you happy now? Did you get the attention you wanted? And, you know, that that's, I find that really annoying because again when you reach out on the internet for anything when you when you post something there is this i hope people like this too you know it's even now even more than ever with the pandemic i think the ability to be social even through social media it's not as good as being in, in real life and in person but the ability to reach out say hey, this is what happened to me today. And just have even a couple people say, oh, that happened to me, you know, the other day, or I, oh, I, I love that dress. I, I have a similar one. It's, it's interaction and we're human beings and that's part of being human. You know, you want interaction with people and mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't, um, I don't look at it as attention seeking or anything like that. I, I look at it as sharing. Yeah. And like That's you said, you know, we, we didn't have role models when we were younger that were positive. And so it's all the more important for us to be that now for others. Exactly. Um, speaking of dresses, because you did mention that um, someone someone was complimenting you on your dress and being like, um, did you clean out your closet or, or where did you find this dress? Um, I, I, I meant to look at the tag because I couldn't remember if this was another Ross store one. This might be Macy's actually, oh. but from a long time ago when I, when I could afford to go to Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew that, I knew that I was going to have to have my dress game on tonight to, to go toe to toe here with Ari because you're <laughs> always so incredibly well dressed and, and Yeah. I, I I did get voted at my company, um, the, the the fashionista, which as a trans woman was kind of a magical and amazing experience. But that's kind of a, a tangent. But um, even still, I'm I'm like, I, I really got to bring it tonight with Ari on. I love that dress, by the way. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, this one actually is Macy's. I love their nice. their 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 styles there. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, I'm scrolled down too far. So, um, to your history, who did you first come out to? 
Um, so the year that I finally ended up going to get HRT, uh, it was, it was 2014 and in early 2014, I don't want to go take too long to say all this but so around <laughs> February of 2014 was when I finally said to myself okay this is you know that was 13 years of me just trying to be what everyone else needed to me to me to be and I couldn't take it anymore and I was um really struggling and so I admitted to myself I'm transgender I got to do something about it so I started making a game plan as to who I was going to tell and in what order and all this stuff and I built up the plans way bigger than I ever needed to I think huh. but um, it then took from February of that year to, until I think it was June um, not not long after my birthday I, I finally told um, my my lifelong friend who was in that one Instagram post where we were i was showing the two of us when we were really young next to like this this computer here and <laughs> playing games and then you know the modern photo of of me now with with him when he came to visit and he was the first person i told um so it wasn't even someone within my family it was it was kind of a it was like a, a chosen brother of mine from childhood that i told and he was extremely supportive instantaneously um, you know, you kind of know the people who you think are a given, you're probably right about that. They'll be supportive. You can't always know that, but, um, thankfully I was right about him. And then the very next day I, I told my, um, younger sister, who's, um, my most supportive family member, she's amazing. And, um, of course she was supportive, but she was really scared for me. Like she was scared for how it was going to go with my parents she was scared for how it was going to go with my brother and uh even my older sister and um then came the hardest part which was telling my spouse and i was terrified of that i i was afraid and i was correct that once i said the words i'm transgender and i have to do something about it that that would trigger events to happen and it, it kind of did mm. um so yeah that's that was kind of the order though the first person i came out to was my my best and longest friend mm. so did you have anybody that supported you that you weren't expecting did you have any of those that were on the list that you put later on and and they actually were more supporting than you thought yeah i i guess i would say um like my aunt on um, my my dad's side of the family my dad's side of the family was um pretty staunch catholic like she was like beside herself seeing me like she she was going on and on like you're so beautiful and um she was so happy for me that i was you know just happy and i didn't expect that i I kind of realized after the fact that I didn't know her as well as I thought I did, you know, um, I mean, it was my, my dad's sister. So I only saw her at holidays anyway. And, um, but I ended up, I, I kind of looked like, like her in a way now, um, which is kind of cool. So how did you, how did you come out to your wife? It got to the point where it, it um, <laughs> I think I had said, a couple of times I need to talk to you about something important and um, you know with kids and everything else 
sometimes that talk doesn't happen that particular night, but it was sometime later that same week where I, I finally just had to say it. And um, the timing probably wasn't the best because, you know, we're just laying in bed and like, um, at least I knew I could get the words out before um, she would have left the room. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just kind of said, literally how I said it earlier, I'm transgender and I have to do something about it. And mm -hmm. that was it. That was the start of the conversation. And it really does feel like jumping off a cliff when you're saying that to your spouse, you know? So I get it. I get, I get why it's so hard, but for anyone that's in that situation right now, that's watching, it could be as simple as saying that and, or saying, you know, and I, be clear about the fact that if you say, and you need to get to get help or you need, like my spouse wanted me to get help, but wanted help to solve it and make it go away. You know, that's the mm -hmm. kind of help you're not talking about. You need to be clear that this is not going away and I need to go, I, I need to take steps to, um, to be a better person, be a happier person. That, that's probably the best way to put it because those steps, you don't even know all the steps when you're starting. So what was her response was, uh, I mean, she wanted you to get help and, and, and get it fixed. Was there no, like she was never on board with helping or kind of, you know, being um, there for you and, and seeing how, it, how it went. The initial reaction was, was not, one of instant anger or anything thankfully because we had talked about the fact that i had some some struggles with my gender um back in like 2001 before my daughter was born mm -hmm. so i think having my spouse know that that there was that history um was probably always in the back of her mind too that this could happen someday and um but i think the worst part of it was at by by so many years going by like that and me suppressing it and you know trying to make everyone else happy i um kind of set it up to the point where it seemed like i was had been lying to her all that time and i wasn't i was you know i was i i kind of knew by that point what was going on but i was just intending that entire time to die as i was and you know just eventually just age and stay with my spouse and you know just write it out unfortunately and that it didn't work I, I i was miserable and i couldn't do it anymore and um you know the funny part is there's still people that you're going to run into when you do come out that will tell you um that you're making that you know first of all they look at it as a choice mm -hmm. the only choice is being honest and truthful about it or not that's that's the choice and one person that had a very negative reaction was a member of a, a gaming group that i had been with for many years he he came at me with saying you know all i hear is selfishness from you right now and you know how how, how dare you do that to your family and and choose to um do that to your family and i'm like all i did was tell my spouse the truth that this is what's going on and I need to do something about it. And, you know, he looked at it as, well, of course, this is what's going to happen. Of course, she's going to leave you. Of course, blah, blah, blah. And 
that's just not the way that's just not the, the truth of it all um, I agree yeah. with what you're saying about uh, the, the choice. It got to the point for me where I felt that my choice was to transition or, you know, to come out and, and, and live as myself or, mm-hmm. or again, and sorry if it's, if it's triggering, but um, I, I was suicidally depressed and uh, that was sort of the only other option. For me, I never reached that point, but I was struggling to the point where I was essentially committing suicide slowly by absolutely not taking care of my body. Um, Mm. I talked about this before that I was, um, I'm at the point now where I've lost close to 70 pounds, but, um, so I used to be way up there in weight. I was, and, and I was always healthy and very athletic in high school and college. And, um, you know, but struggling with that, you just, I just didn't care about the body I was in. And so I was damaging it by apathy. You know, I was so unhealthy that I was um, pre-diabetic. I had Mm. um, uh, extremely high cholesterol that I was on medication for, and those medications are harmful to you over time. And in 2014, when I came out to, well, not when I came out, but when I admitted to myself that I, was going to do something about this. I instantly started losing weight. I instantly started feeling better. I, the change was so dramatic, even before I ever had a drop of HRT that it was, it was almost like I was giving myself permission to just be happier and be myself. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, that was really the first step for me, even not, not telling my, my best friend, not anything else. It was allowing myself to, to start being happy mm-hmm. and and that changed my body my mind my health everything just by allowing myself to to be me mm-hmm. and yeah you, you allowed yourself to start caring about yourself to finally find that self-love that you were avoiding or holding back because you just, mm-hmm. you couldn't love yourself because it wasn't you right exactly and you and you know you feel like a fraud over time and that weighs on you and, and again, I wasn't suicidal. I just was that unhealthy mm-hmm. that um, I wanted to still be there for my kids. So I had to take steps to be healthier. All right. Let's move it to, to just slightly lighter topics. You play a lot of sports um, and you coach, right? I used to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When How... my son was younger, I coached um, okay. so- soccer teams for many years um, and Soccer was always my my thing once it was available at my high school. I, I went to a high school in a small town that didn't even have a soccer program the first two years I was there. So I played basketball instead. And then the soccer team was starting and I quit basketball to start training with the soccer team in the year prior to them having a team. And my basketball coach looked at me and said, you know, you don't want to be a quitter the rest of your life. And I'm like, I'm not quitting. I'm starting soccer. <laughs> You know, is he looked at basketball as the end all be all. And I'm just like, no, don't you get it? Like, this is what I really want to do. And I wanted to play soccer there ever since I started high school. And so, yeah, that was, that's just a side note. But I would uh, say that's your first, that was your first coming out. You had to tell your basketball coach that you're really a soccer player. <laughs> Which toxic masculinity, he viewed soccer as a girl sport. He really did. <laughs> so right there yeah 
foreshadowing, I guess, um, from this point of view. <laughs> so once I was able to play soccer in high school, I was, I started also playing indoor soccer and in like at this stadium, not too far from my high school. And that's where I started creating the teams and being a player coach for a long period of time. And I ended up playing soccer for a good, like almost 15 years. Um, and even with, you know, company teams and things like that. So I was heavily involved in it. And then when my son was old enough, um, he, he played on, you know, like a co-ed team. And so I was a assistant coach for that for two seasons. And then I started coaching on my own for, um, I don't know, it was like three years, I guess, before. And I actually have one of these days when I do posts, um, another series of you know before and afters i will pull it from my um team photos i have team photos of me as a coach and you can see when i started um hrt because i was still coaching or not even when i started hrt but when i started caring because i started dropping weight immediately oh and also i stopped getting haircuts so my hair started getting bushier and bushier curlier and curlier and it, and it's really funny because it's it that's the true starting point of like my transition and um you know it's it's me standing with a bunch of kids from a soccer team because i avoided cameras back then like i i honestly can't do a whole lot of the befores because i was the person behind the camera not wanting to ever take photos of myself I, so i don't have selfies of you know the pre-transition me did you um, stay with sports or coaching after you transitioned? Um, actually, we were thinking about moving anyway around this time, and I um, I ended up um, stepping away from the coaching um, when it got closer to actual changes happening with my transition. I kind of pulled myself out of the coaching, unfortunately, because. The town I was in, I know I would have had to fight a battle just to be able to keep coaching because mm -hmm. I know some of the parents would have stuck up for me and said, no, you're a good coach and, you know, wanted me to keep doing it. But there would have been, you know, a couple parents that were like, there's no way I want my child, you know, with this person. So because of the conservative county I lived in at the time. How did you choose your name? Um... Everyone thinks it's because of Ariana Grande. It's not. I mean, I like her and I like her music, but that had absolutely nothing to do with it. When I was looking and trying to decide upon names, I was looking actually at um, Greek and Roman mythology for trying to get an inspirational, inspirational name. I also wanted to um, try and keep my initials similar to my son's just because there was a way for me to do that where like, my middle name was going to be the female version of, of my, my birth name. And um, so I wanted to have my initials end up being the same as my son's. So I wanted the, the name to start with A. And there's the story of Ariadne, or I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but it's um, sh she was involved in the, um, the Minotaur the tale of the minotaur and the, and the labyrinth and she actually kind of there's several stories about it but one of the things she did was i i think 
she she ended up leaving a trail for Theseus to find the center of the labyrinth to kill the Minotaur. And for me, that's kind of like one of the little, um, not hashtags, but something I said on my Twitter for a long time was that I was mistress of the gender labyrinth because that refers to my name. So Ariana is a modern take on Ariadne. And so it's, you know, I had to go through a labyrinth to defeat the big hairy beast that used to be me to be myself and to be free and to be um, have my soul be repaired and be what it is so that's where my name comes from when did you first find a community for information and support i tried being a part like honestly things like discord and forums and things like that like i I always got frustrated with them. <laughs> Discord's a little better, but back when I was looking, it was it was more like, you know, just websites that were forums and you would wait so long for responses on things you would post and it was frustrating. So there wasn't really a particular one. Um, like at some point, somebody suggested to me to check out the Howard Brown Center in Chicago. And that was a huge help to me. I can't even remember who it was and I feel bad about that, but... Um, you know, it was more like something I stuck in the back of my brain, like, well, okay, well, if I get the guts to finally do it, I'll, I'll go there first. And that's what I ended up doing. So, um, but yeah, there wasn't a particular community. I really did kind of go into this on my own. And I, I was on my own with it for a very long time, other than posting on Tumblr and getting some feedback and some connections through that, where people would start messaging me and I would talk, talk with them and they would be supportive. Let's get into some of the physical aspects. Um, how did hormones affect your state of mind once they got really kicking? Um, for me, it was like within three weeks, I felt a huge relief, to be honest. It was really quick. Um, doing the injections, people think, oh, well, that quickly, you're, you're just having like a sugar pill effect. You know, no, it really, it really was like this amazing night and day feeling after like three weeks of I just my energy level was up I I felt like I was finally on the right fuel you know like my brain was even functioning better like I, I can't really describe how profound it was and how how much it changed I, I guess my outlook from that moment when I realized this really is helping me it it just you know it it's like it's like this weight off your shoulders that okay um even if this is all i ever can do to help myself this might even be enough like that was constantly my the way i i saw things as i began transitioning i wasn't beginning transitioning i was beginning to just get help and just be healthier that's what I had told my spouse. That was the honest truth at the time. I wasn't even planning on fully transitioning, but it was enough for my spouse that I was on hormone therapy and that there would be changes that it made her uncomfortable enough where we had to go to couples therapy and it just kind of went downhill from there and it wasn't gonna um, resolve itself as far as us staying together. Once we had decided to separate, it was then that's where I realized, okay, well, if we're separating anyway, then I'm going for it. Like I'm going to go the whole way as far as I can go. And, um, you know, because by then the damage is done and my greatest fear of losing my spouse was already realized. Mm -hmm. So 
might as well go all out and go for it. And that's kind of what happened. It's amazing. Their hormones are amazing. They're, they really are magical and they really, they control so much of your body's processes that people just don't get it. That's, that's the thing that frustrates me the most about people who love to pile on and make fun of and um, tell trans women that they can't, you, you can't go from one gender to the other. Oh yeah, we'll try being on HRT for a little while and prove us wrong then, you know, because it changes so much. And um, all you're doing is making your body match your gender. And, but your body really does change in so many subtle ways. And it's, um, even in the short term, there's little things that you'll notice. There's little things that you'll feel that, um, again, I'm, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it and make it all just seem so wonderful because, but it, but it truly was for me. Like it, it was a night and day thing. Mm-hmm. It on the path to just being happy. And I'm so grateful that I finally, finally went and got the help I needed to get it and start it. Um, basically, um, it just made me more open to being me. Like, uh, I think when you're when you're hiding who you really are for so long and you're just suppressing 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 you turn a lot of yourself off you turn a lot of the way you would respond to situations off i i honestly felt like a robot for far too long in my life and um being able to just and it wasn't because of the hormones necessarily the hormones you you do tend to like maybe cry a little more, you tend to laugh longer and feel happiness even longer. But the ability to show those emotions and to release them, that that I think comes just from admitting to yourself that you're transgender and that you, um, you're allowed to feel, you know, I, I don't know, for me, you can tell how bad the suppression was. Like, I, I didn't let myself feel a lot of emotions. And it's really sad. So, so yes, it, it enhanced my personality because then all of a sudden people start relating to me better. I don't know, just being on HRT and also um, just finally letting myself be, be free to be who I am. That's what enhanced my personality. That's what I, I did go from, by the way, I, you know, the, um, um, I knew I was going to forget the name of the test, but the, the thing that tells you whether you're an ENT, J or an, you know whatever um i went from being an INF fp to an um enfp like because i took it again later and like i went from introvert to extrovert but barely like just barely over the the line like i was a plus one on extrovert <laughs> but it shows you that i had an improvement like i went from being a complete introvert to um being considered an extrovert and that's that's because I'm finally myself and I'm finally able to allow myself to be myself. What was your earliest earliest memory of realizing uh, I'm I'm a girl or, you know, for me, I like to dig into like what were some of those breadcrumbs along the way when you were young that looking back, you realize, ah, <laughs> that's what that meant. Um, I think the fact that I never even as a really young kid. I never wanted to be videotaped. I never wanted to see myself on film or in pictures. Um, that just 
told me that I wasn't comfortable with the, the body I was in. And even though it wasn't that profound at the time, it was more, I don't like seeing myself like this. You know, I, I didn't understand it. I didn't know why. Um, so that's what told me that something was kind of wrong with me in a way. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was just, then, then later on it was, um, it had more to do with like puberty and it wasn't like I was scared to be around girls or anything. I just, um, because I was uncomfortable with myself, I, I, I had opportunities to like date really early on. Like there were people that liked me and I heard that they liked me, but I just would do nothing about it because I, I felt uncomfortable with myself and I, um, you know, that was just another aspect of, or, or I, like my first girlfriend in high school, I went out with to the point where things were starting to get more physical. And then I, I'm the one that took a step back. Like I kind of ran away from the relationship because I was uncomfortable with myself and I didn't understand why even then. At what point did you realize that gender confirmation surgery was the right thing for you was the right step? Um, I just knew I was going to do it eventually because for me, it, it honestly goes way back to what I said about being in high school with my first girlfriend when things started to get a little physical. I was really uncomfortable with the equipment I had. Mm -hmm. um, I was one of those people that, you know, there's, there's transgender people who are fine with the equipment they have, they were born with, but I was not. Um, and that was what, you know, um, Eventually, I obviously got over it because because I got married and I tried to have kids because I thought that's what I had to do to be happy. And, mm. um, you know, it's yeah, it was, but it it always I think should have been what I would have done if I could have just admitted to myself earlier on that I that I was transgender and that if I could have found the examples of people out there who were um, trans and just knew what the heck was going on with me. Mm. You know, I would have been able to say early on that GCS was was in the cards for me, but um, the point is I had to put it out because of money. Like I I thought it was going to be years, even from like I I didn't even think 2020 was in the cards to be honest. But um, and that's because my insurance was never going to cover it either. Um, but then the Affordable Care Act happened, and. I learned that my insurance company would start covering it. So that touched off, okay, well, for the year of 2017, my insurance company says they're gonna cover it, but um, he who shall not be named was trying to repeal that. So um, I, I basically was kind of in this bind where, okay, well, if I can get it done in 2017, then I can at least get it mostly paid for with insurance or at least a good portion paid for with insurance so i might be able to swing it i might be able to do it um so i it touched off this race to get it done within a year and that year was literally me doing every doctor's visit every hair removal visit um the therapy the psychological evaluation all that stuff within not even a year it was more like seven months up until doing gcs and and I was able to get it done that year, which, so it was a whirlwind and, um, but 
yeah, I've never looked back. I was so, so happy I did it. So do you ever feel dysphoric at this point then? I mean, everyone does, I think. Um, when, I, when I'm sick with, um, you know, sinus infection or um, when I just don't feel well uh, and I'm dealing with some other kind of uh, illness or something, in those times I start to feel dysphoric because, you know, you kind of look your worst anyway when you're sick and <laughs> so i i think in those times when i'm been bedridden for a day and a half because i'm so sick or got the flu or something then yeah i i do feel this <laughs> definitely feel dysphoric so um you know it's it's one of those things though you just need to know kind of the things you can do for yourself to self-care to get past those feelings because um, they're always temporary, at least for me. I mean, thankfully, you know, they're mm -hmm. temporary and short-lived. And um, just just know the things that make you feel, help you, like, recenter yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. What ad advice do you have for young or closeted trans people? Or, you know, if you want to take it this way, what advice would you have gone back in time and given yourself? Um we kind of covered this one once and you know there's there's two schools of thought on it i think or at least two there's probably many more but um you know some people say well um i would go back and say look you're gonna go through a lot of crap and it's gonna be hard but it's gonna make you a better person to go through it and you'll be fine just know you'll be fine like that's the main point they want to make mm -hmm. for me i would have said you know um like i i wouldn't have wanted my kids to not be born but if I could have had a perfect view of my life, you know, perfect vision of the entirety of my life, I would have told myself, okay, you're going to meet somebody that you're going to really love, but you need to know this about yourself now. And you need to tell that person, um, you know, when you meet them, when you're planning to marry them, you need to understand now that you're transgender and you need to speak to that person about it and hopefully still get married and still you know have the kids and mm -hmm. because i would not have wanted my kids to not be born so i would not have changed anything other than having a better understanding of myself up until the point my kids were born um you know and people would say or might say that well you could still have had kids or adopted or whatever but i think my two kids the way they are right now needed to be born and needed to be in this world so you know, whether it's fate or whatever else that they needed to happen. So I'm not mad that I had to go through what I had to go through. Um, I just wish I would have made a different choice um, in the early 2000s to have transitioned earlier because, yeah, the struggle that I went through for those 13 plus years was just awful and no one should have to do, deal with that mm -hmm. alone. All right. Well, I don't want to keep you any longer. I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from the Transverse Network. Watch the full video version of the show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash the transverse. And be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well. If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the transverse.